Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 73 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Peter Jones and Todd Widener are both here with me on the Sunday after Packers loss to San Francisco, 13-10 at Lambeau Field. So this is going to be a fucking mess of an episode because we have a very vague outline, and I'm sure we'll go left, right, and any and sideways many, many times. But first of all, I'm happy to see you, Todd. How are you today? Not good. Not the good. Stupid at all. fucking question is what yeah, it is. Not good at all. Peter, how are you? I'm here. Okay, <laughs> that's good, right? Like that's a good start to the day. You're here. I know that people don't listen when we record, but it is only what eight thirty p.m. It is. We're doing this at a normal time, not yeah. the three a.m. that Peter needs to stay up for. So we're not ruining his life. Yeah, we do that. Well, we might do that because we're going to talk about things that he won't like, or we won't like. <laughs> Anyway, you can reach us at ABG Cheese, which a lot of you have done lately. I think we're like 1,017 followers. So great job to our social media brand manager, Todd, who has really upped our following lately. I have. You can also email us, abgcheese at gmail.com. And again, like I said last week, after Todd buys the website, www.abgcheese.com. It's going to be spectacular. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was an affirmation right there, not a like, I'm not doing a thing. Let's just get started. Peter, initial thoughts, rant away. Well, I think, the, the, you know, the Packers somehow found a way to lose a game that they clearly should have won. And it's one of those games that the longer the first half went on in particular, and the Packers only had that score from the opening drive, you felt this, it just looked more and more like a game where, you leave points out on the field and eventually that just comes back to bite you. And it just felt probably from the second quarter onwards to me, certainly that this was a game that was going to go down to late, late, late in the fourth quarter. And it, and it did. I don't even know where to start. You know, in the beginning of the game, I think when we talked in the previous episode about what they need to do when they, the start of the game, everything was going to script. I mean, they came down the field it was a great drive. It was Rodgers and Devonta Adams the whole way down the field, mixing in the run game. Dylan was getting some handoffs. Jones was involved. It couldn't have been scripted any better the first drive. Adams was doing the exact where he left off with the last time they played the 49ers. He picked right back up. Everything was going great. Dylan pounded one in for in the end zone. And I'm thinking, this is it. This is what needed to happen. Here we go. Wow. The first offensive series, right? That happened. I was like, man, they are flustering the shit out of Garoppolo. This is exactly what needs to happen. And I thought, how long are we going to hang on to this? How long? And then it kind of steadied itself. 
it steadied itself. They got it. They got the turnover from Mercedes Lewis. That was huge. I thought that fumble by Lewis was about as big of a turnaround in a game that they didn't need to. So I have a lot to say. I'm kind of grown tired of this whole mystique of like, oh, you got to go into Lambo in January and it's fucking cold and it's fucking snowing and there's no way you can win this bullshit. That's over with now. Concentrate on the fucking game and start winning instead of this whole fucking mystique behind that. That whole thing is not a thing anymore. There's no more of that. They lost the fucking Giants. And what was that, uh, Peter? 15, 16. Yeah, with uh, Eli Manning. <laughs> you know, same circumstances. So it's no longer an advantage. Yeah, I just want to dive in on that one because it's absolutely spot on. I mean, it's not been a thing since the day Michael Vick came in the Lambeau Field in the playoffs and ran all over the Packers back in 2001 or whenever it was. And I think, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I think the Packers are exactly 500 in the playoffs at home since that game. So you're absolutely 110% spot on. That mystique's gone. It's gone. Got to move on from it. Simply getting the number one seed or getting home field advantage in the playoffs ain't enough. Just to go back to what you said, so I had to listen to the game the entire way home, and I really like Wayne Larravee and Larry McCarron. They're Packer guys, right? When you listen to their broadcast, I want the biased version. Absolutely. I want it. I don't want the Buck and Aikman yeah. like, to have to be sort of middle of the road because it pisses me off. I'm not going to lie. And Wayne Larravee kept saying it almost like he was trying to be like, Prophetic, or per, I don't want the fucking word is. He was trying to like tell the future. He kept saying it's only seven zero. The Packers have dominated this game, and it's only seven zero. And I know that's right, Wayne, but I don't want to fucking hear that. I want you to say something positive. I don't. You are the what? Packers guy, Wayne. God damn it! Uh, well, well, I'm sorry to drop. I'm yelling. I'm well, yelling I'm, uh, well, no, I'm really sorry too, because that's pretty much what I just said in my. <laughs> In my intro, sorry. Ah, it's okay, but it's like, God bless it. He, he literally said that probably five times. And it's true that the Packers were dominating this game at the line of scrimmage, which is what they needed to do, and it was only 7-0. There, we're going to go all over the place, so I'm just going to fucking say stuff, and I hope I don't cut you off of what you're talking about. There were two plays that changed this game. You just referred to one of them, Todd, and that's the Mercedes Lewis fumble that Warner created. And, and yeah. I don't know if you, who recovered it because I was cussing so loud I didn't hear Wayne at that point. The other one was whoever tackled Aaron Jones on that broken pass play, that long pass play, that was the play of the game, oh, in my easy. opinion. Of course, a touchdown, the fucking game is over. I have an observation on that too. That's why I had it in the notes. Is He hesitated. Probably didn't see the replay. Dude, you have to you have to go back and look at it. I'm like, he is fucking gone. I mean, when he caught it, he had to turn his full body. But as soon as he turned it around, he had nobody there. And he kind of he had a guy coming from the inside to cut him off. The last guy there. But that dude was like 10 fucking yards away. And it like it looked like he hesitated and almost instead of hugging the sideline, it's almost like he he veered toward the defender. It was the strangest fucking thing. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, even when you see the fucking replay, there's no defender on the fucking, uh, even on the screen when he catches it. He was that open. Couldn't understand it. Of all people, Aaron Jones, uh, Yeah, I, I just, 
it blew me away. I had no idea what was going on there. I'm violently nodding my head because because you watch that play and as it unfolded and as Todd said, once Jones turned to make that catch and then started running towards the end zone, well, he was going to score. There, yeah. there was no, there's no yeah. doubt in your mind watching it that he was going to score. And then as Todd said he hesitated and it was like he didn't believe that he could make it to the to the end zone. And then he did the weirdest thing. He then cut inside. Whereas at least yeah. if it hugged if it hugged the sideline, the very worst thing that would happen is it gets knocked out. It gets knocked out of bounds at the yeah. ten or the five yard line and stops the clock and saves the timeout. It was right. It was a strange. Uh, I swear to God, that just raised my blood pressure like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> do was, do not go back and, and watch that part. Do not watch. It was. I was watching with my son. Even him was like, "What is he doing, Dad?" I was like, "I don't fucking know. <laughs> what was that?" Don't ever do that, son, in any game uh, you play. You know, that was then compounded by, triply compounded, if you like, but their inability to get it in the end zone from that point. Yeah. And then, of course, the, the blocked field goal. And, so that guy um, saved, he saved points. Like, they didn't score yeah. at all on that drive. Nothing. Yeah. Yes, they got nothing out of that. Nothing. Can I just interject here that fucking Tyler Lancaster pulled himself out of the tent and literally whiffed on two guys. Two guys went by him. Both of those guys could have blocked that kick. Why the fuck is he out there, Mo? Why aren't you fired today, by the way, Mo Drayton? You should be fired. I don't care that it's Sunday and it's not a fucking business day. Oh, my God. I'm going to run out of quarters for sure today. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler Lancaster, that's not the first time that's happened to him. It is the NFC divisional game. It is home field advantages. You are going to go to the NFC title game. Put someone out there that can fucking block. Not a defensive end or defensive tackle. Where the fuck Tyler Lancaster used to be because he should be cut today. They've said Why it is all. he out there still? Put an offensive tackle out there or a guard or anyone that does that for a living. Mm, Jesus. I'm yes. sorry. It's going to be like that today. <laughs> that ends the game. I really believe it. 14 nothing right there. If, they, if, if Jones scores, the game is out of reach. I know they get the ball back in the second half but they clearly weren't moving it in the first half. And then it, it, in the second half, the pressure kind of wasn't really a thing anymore for whatever reason. I have no idea what happened there, but yeah, there was all kinds of pressure and he was flustered in the first half. He's not a strong quarterback. As soon as you start to flush him out of the pocket, you know, things are going to go sideways. There was another play. So God, I can't even talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so fucking piss. Um, with Stokes. Right, Stokes. Again, we talked. We've talked all year long about his inability to locate the football. Please don't watch this replay either. <laughs> but there was a, a wounded duck of a pass from Garoppolo out to the flat, and I mean, it had pick six written pick six. all fucking over it. All he had to do, and even Aikman and Buck commented on it, are like, all he had to do was play the ball, turn his head, and he is fucking gone. What did he do? Played the man. The guy caught it. You know, he tackled him right there, but it was like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. Holy shit. It's incredible. You you watch it. It was almost like the football either went through Stokes' helmet or through his uniform or something. It was right there. And he just didn't didn't turn around for it. I didn't even know. Like, when the pass was thrown, you could see that it was just, like, lofted up there. And it was just ripe for the picking. I didn't even see Stokes. I just knew when that ball fucking left his hands, I was like, 
That's got to get picked. I don't care yeah. who's in the vicinity. <laughs> Somebody fucking picked that off. <laughs> to a degree, it, might, it reminded you a little bit of the Matt Hasselback throw in that yeah. playoff game all those years ago that Al Harris picked off. You almost yeah. knew when yeah. Hasselback threw that ball and Harris was in the vicinity. That's a pick six. It looked just like that. But this one yeah. was even closer to Stokes. It's like it parted his hair or went through his uniform or whatever. It just absolutely... That was gruesome. I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe that. You are wow. not making me feel better. I'm just telling you. And in summary, it's a game of so many of those types of plays. And we already talked about the Lewis fumble and the and the you know the Jones reception down the sideline and this play. And, and it's like if any one of those thirty plays, because I reckon there's about thirty of them had gone the other way, then the Packers win this game. They found a way to lose. They absolutely just found a way to lose. It's two years in a row. I will go back to the Redmond drop of that interception last year. That will haunt my dreams forever and ever. And I let's just be clear. I will never watch this game, ever. <laughs> I will never watch it. There will never be an opportunity in my life where I think, hmm, let me go back and watch that game that they pissed down their leg. I just won't. I'm glad I, I'm glad I missed it. I really am. In the previous episode that we did, we talked about the keys to the game, about shutting down Debo Samuel. First half, it looked like, huh, we were shutting this guy down. They were trying to do their their stuff with him. Looked like we we had him like all hemmed up. No problem. And I was thinking, we just took away their best player. He's out. And then he started to heat up. And then in the second half, nobody could account for him. You know, he was hurt, playing hurt, and he was still torching him. It was just the key plays at the at the key moments of the game that he was, you know, doing his damage and they couldn't account for him again. There's been a lot of heat on Aaron Rodgers and a lot of heat on the special teams. Deservedly so for both Aaron Rodgers and the special teams. So Peter, I'll ask you first, if you could lay it on either one of those, would you? And which one would it be? I mean, you can bounce out. I'll tell you what I think, but go ahead. What do you think? So I think it's a combination of, of both of them. Right? And I think it's just it depends on your perspective of where you start because you could absolutely start the special teams and say 10 points or however many points. It, well, yeah, the blocked field goal and the, and the block 10 points, Packers win. Uh, I If you start the other perspective from the offense, then you say the offense put up. 58 yards, I think, in the second half, barring that broken play, the Jones reception down the sideline. From the point Mercedes Lewis fumbled that Todd talked about, the offense disappeared, completely, just completely disappeared. Team scoring 10 points. Now, you can look at this from both perspectives, but from a Packers perspective, team scoring 10 points win 1% of NFL games. So if your offense isn't scoring more than 10 points, it's a 99% chance you lose whatever happens. Now, in this game, those chances would have been higher because the 49ers only put up six points on offense. I think it's a combination of, of both. I think the unfortunate thing is with the special teams is that it's been happening all season long and we've all been, most Packers fans and observers have been fearing the point of getting to the playoffs where there's a crucial special teams play, blocked field goal, blocked extra point, whatever it might be that would decide the game. I don't think special teams in itself decided the game. I think it was a combination of special teams and offense. Uh, I'll say this about Aaron Rodgers. We're not even in this divisional game if it's not for him. We don't put together these back-to-back playoff 
seasons, NFC championship appearances and everything else. None of this happens if he's not the quarterback. So it's uh, to me, it's not on him at all. He's done his job. He's a back-to-back MVP fucking P. Three-time MVP. He's been doing his job the whole fucking time. What about everybody else? And as far as the special teams, this has been a systemic problem since fucking week one. And the front office, the coaching staff, they all have the resources of moving around players to get professional players on the fucking field who can perform. You've got that at your fingertips. You know it's been a problem. They've had bye weeks. They've had a fucking week because they're the number one seed to fix everything. They've, they haven't unfucked anything in that category. So it's kind of on them, not the special teams people themselves, but I put it more on the organization and the coaching staff that they could not get this right no matter what. It was the kicking. It was the coverage. It was blocked fucking punts and field goals and extra points. I mean, you keep adding it up and it's like, fuck, I knew this was going to fucking happen. And I know you, I know you're never going to watch this game, but that blocked fucking punt was hideous. It was downright fucking hideous. If you're fucking Bahorquez, who... I don't care how the, the dude can fucking bomb kicks. Great. But he's a fucking dumbass. He can't hold a fucking ball. <laughs> he's back there. I mean, what, if you're a punter, like, you know, if you can't get a kickoff and, and you're standing at your own fucking goal line, if you know you can't get that kickoff, you eat it and you take a fucking safety. Instead, there's no way he could honestly say, I didn't feel any pressure at all. I thought I could get that away. Dude, motherfuckers were all over you. And the ball went straight the fuck up in the air. I can't even keep track of the course. The ball went straight the fuck up in the air. Nobody could locate it. Everyone stood around. There was about a three-second fucking where's the fucking ball. The 49ers were looking for it. The fucking Packers were looking for it. Dumbass Bahorquez who kicked the fucking ball. Couldn't locate the motherfucker either because it went straight the fuck up in the air. Dumbass, go over there and cover it or kick it the fuck out of the end zone. I'm glad I didn't see this. I may that have had a stroke. The fucking at that point. worst. I mean, there was a fucking pause, but by from the time he punt, he kicked it and got it fucking blocked. There was a pause, but by the time there was the recovery, there's got to be at least four seconds went by where everyone was looking around. Where the fuck's the ball? Of course, it's Packers special teams. No one's even looking for it. They're just like, the fuck happened? Do something. Actually Get rid of fucking Bahorquist, too. <laughs> fuck that guy. I mean, Todd is right. The ball was laying on the ground, like about three yards from the end zone, with yes. nobody around it. Nobody could just find it. out there. <laughs> it was just laying there. And we're, you know, it went straight the the fuck up in the it's air. There. It's there. I can see it, and I'm 4,000 miles away, guys. It's right there. Uh, <laughs> and it couldn't have landed in a more precise location to scoop up for a fucking touchdown. Of course, there was no Packers around it. None. And how the fuck Bahorquez did not know where that ball was and just fucking stood there and was like, just like, huh, not sure where that one went. 
<laughs> you fucking kicked it, asshole. <laughs> uh, the, the ball was just lying there. The ball was lying there so long, I nearly dived at the TV screen myself. <laughs> like, you got it. it. I got this. <laughs> I'm just going to say was... for the record, Todd, that you have made me feel better. That whole rant. <laughs> I feel better, actually. I do. And I appreciate you for that. You're welcome. You take a, t- take a couple minutes now to relax, get your blood pressure down. You need to go get a drink or something. Well, I do have to point out that we did appoint an average cheese special teams consultant during this season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you failed, sir. I'm going to have to go to HR and see what kind of wellness. You're going to get a severance package counseling. for that part of your job. You're yeah, fired. Possibly. God, that was bad. We might as well just go out after the, the Crosby fucking block field goal, too. Yeah. I mean, that dude, I'm glad you didn't see that either. Who was it, Peter, that blocked it? It was like a, I think it was like number safety or something, right? Wasn't it a safety? So I did Completely see that play. unblocked. Yeah. Thank you, Danny unblocked. Dimes, for putting that fucking play on Twitter because I did see it. Lancaster is there. One guy cuts through the middle. It's like a safety 31, something like that. And there's a bigger guy that goes around the end on the other side. Lancaster misses both of them, both of them. He doesn't touch either one of them on the way to the kick. So really, either one of those guys could have got that one right in the face mask because they were so far up Mason Crosby's ass at that point. Oh, dude, dude, it hit him. This wasn't a fingertip or a fucking hand block. This was it hit him in the fucking chest. He was so deep in there. It was that fucking bad. Oh, uh, uh, it felt it felt like that. It, it felt like the guy who got so far through that he could have kicked the ball the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who? Guess he who just kicks it right out of the hole. What are you waiting for, Mason? <laughs> and guess who the ball fucking lands like right in their fucking lap? Mark the Horquez. Yeah. It just goes kapunk and he's just like sitting there, like, what do I do? You know, fucking dumbass. What else do we talk about? Ugh. We did talk about Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers a, oh, how do I say this? This is going to come out wrong. A more talented Kirk Cousins, David Carr. Der- See, there I go again, calling him fucking David Carr. Derek Carr. Is he just more talented? He's a regular season guy. Because we've talked about how Mike McCarthy was the problem. And then all of a sudden he's gone. We've got a better coach. And I would say that LaFleur is a better coach than Mike McCarthy. But we're having the same problems. Aaron Rodgers gets fixated on Devontae Adams or whoever. In this case, it was Aaron Jones also. He didn't throw the ball to anybody else all game long. Aaron Jones had like 10 targets. Devontae Adams had 10 or 11 targets. Everybody else was like, one, 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 none. But here's the thing. One to Mercedes Lewis, fumble. One to DeGora, hit some square in the fucking chest, drop. That was a big drop. I don't remember the exact what was going on in the game. That would have been a big, big play. And it fucking hit him square. So if you're Aaron Rodgers... And this is going on. Who else can you fucking throw to? Your guy, Randall Cobb, which you begged to have come in. 
And that was almost a pick. The one target he threw to him, very close to being picked. I don't know, man. I'm just saying that this is a this has happened over and over and over again. When you look at Rogers' statistics from this game, if you take away the one seventy-six yard pass, if you take away that pass, the seventy-six yarder on the broken coverage. Now you can't, but if you do, he threw for like one hundred and forty-nine yards. He's like eleven. I'm gonna look it up because I need to have it in front of me. He would have been 19 for 28 for 149 yards, no touchdowns. I think if I were a neutral looking at Aaron Rodgers' career, I think I would probably be saying he's possibly the greatest regular season quarterback that's ever played. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I, you won't get any argument from me. I put it on Twitter last night. like that. So he went on some show and said, I needed to push my narrative. Aaron, your fucking narrative is that you can't win playoff games. I'm afraid to say, I think that narrative will live will live with him. Unless he goes with the Packers or somewhere else and wins two Super Bowls or something like that. We all remember how brilliant he was in the Super Bowl run, other than the, the NFC Championship game, in the Super Bowl run. And we will never forget the Super Bowl itself, but the Atlanta Divisional Playoff game was possibly the best game that he had ever ever played but that's a decade ago you know in in the playoffs it's it's not been great I mean you look at it's been posted a million times now on Twitter not the final play but the third down play where he where he tried to I don't know what the pass was Adams ran some kind of post pattern 30 40 yards down the field oh yeah double covered and Lazard is wide open over the middle EQ is wide open on a not wide open but he is two steps open on a, on a, on a post. Aaron Jones is, is open. And I think that probably alludes to what Todd was saying is that Adams is the guy that he trusts so much that that's where he's going to go first. Yeah. And, I mean, and the, the numbers from yesterday's game. After the first drive, the 49ers started putting a safety over the top and, yeah, and double teamed him. And they were just like, we're going to live with it. That's what we're going to do the rest of the game. And it fucking worked. And I blame Aaron Rodgers for that. You have to go somewhere else. I get it that they might not have been open. And I'm with you on the Mercedes Lewis dropped the ball or fumbled the ball and DeGuara dropped an easy catch. But those are your guys. Those are your guys. Those are the guys you have out there. And if Devontae Adams is double covered on the play, you got to go somewhere else. You have to. You have to have some confidence in that guy, those guys out there. And if you don't, you get what you just got, and that's a loss in a game you should have won. It's where your defense played out of their fucking minds, had a fourth down stop in the red zone that should have ended the game, right? Yep. That should have ended the game right there. Yeah. And we can talk about this next week when we talk about Barry and, and all the other things, but whatever happened, the defense was fucking spectacular in this game. They gave up six points, six. You can't ask for more than that. If we would have said last week, the Packers are going to give up six points on defense. You'd be like, oh, fuck. We won that game 38-6, not lost the game 13-10. And I think the Rodgers thing is so difficult because, as Todd described, we're probably not in the playoffs year in, year out without Rodgers. So I think even, even trying to put a balanced head on, you know, you're conflicted in your own head because you're seeing – MVP, regular season performance, year in, year out. Something in the playoffs that is almost inexplicable. Because if it were explicable, if that's a word, somebody would have sorted it out by now. I, I won't dispute that they played well. But, you know, especially in that last drive, when, when the 49ers needed to have a third down conversion or they needed a, a play to keep the drive going, 
the play that put them in field goal position to win the fucking game was a play where Stokes was on Kittle. And I don't know how the fuck that even that line up. Or, uh, I, don't, I don't know why he was like in the slot on Kittle, but it was strange. He got burned. He got burned on, on a quick little in or a little like sort of a post or something. And that was like at least, a, I don't know, 15, 20 yard gain or something like that, Peter. I don't remember what it was, but. But how does that happen? How can know. Eric Stokes not cover George Kittle? Well, yeah. But is he out of position playing in the slot? Maybe. Probably. But, but still, it's a 260 pound man. You can't fucking yeah. cover that guy. Yeah. Jesus. But that was another thing on Stokes. You know, he was just like pointing at himself going, that's me. That's me. And it's like, yeah, motherfucker, that is you. Now they're in field goal position. And then they got that third and seven to end the, to end the game, yeah. right? Third yeah. and seven. They Didn't they run it for like nine yeah. yards in that play? Yeah. I think it was Samuel. But again, the offense didn't move the ball. It's zero degrees. And I'm, I know I'm making excuses for the defense here, but if you don't move the football and can have some drives where they can get off the field, they're gassed. And they're getting punched in the mouth because this is a team that runs it over and over and over again. You get tired of being, being punched in the mouth. Yep. The other key to the game that we mentioned uh, in the previous episode was the time of possession. And once again, in this game, they were about a minute apart. 49ers, I think it was 29 and change, and the Packers had 30 minutes. So, yep. yeah, you can't I, win ball games like that. Yeah, you know, and and especially when you look at the Packers' first drive and the, and the Packers' second drive, the, the, the one that ended with the, with the fumble. You know, at that point, the time of possession was ridiculously in the Packers' favor. The Packers held the ball for nearly the whole of the first quarter. You know, it was like one 49ers mm. drive in there that may have may have been a three and out, or they got one first down. But other than that, the Packers had the ball pretty much for the pretty much for the whole of the first quarter. And I think it just goes to show that from that, that point onwards, the Packers' offense went three and out, or one first down and out, numerous times, and began to lose the field position game. You know, they were going three and out. The 49ers were hardly moving the ball, but they were moving a little bit more. And gradually, you know, the field position was was turning. And How about the possession after the Mercedes Lewis fumble? So the Niners get the ball back. It was like either two or three plays later, there's a receiver coming across the middle, catches it, and I think it was Barnes, knocks it loose, recovers it, returns it about, I don't know, 10, 15 yards. And we're looking like we would have had it on like the, I don't know, the 49ers, 35, 40 yard line or something like that. And I'm like, they go to commercial break and they come back. They're like, it's still under review. I'm like, for what? And then they call it no fumble. What criteria is being used there? They're like, oh, he and Aikman is his usual fucking self. Oh, he didn't have complete possession of it. The ball was still- no, it wasn't, motherfucker. Don't watch that replay either, because that was a fucking fumble. That could have turned shit around, too, real quick. It like- just seems like that's how things have gone. The plays, the turnaround plays, the plays that determine a game in the last two years, the Packers didn't make them. Exactly right, and that's what playoff football is. You have to make the big plays in the big games. It's all, it's all well and good racking up sacks or racking up yards and whatever when you're up by 20 points or whatever. but it's it's making big plays in the big games when when you have to have them did you think that was a fumble peter no only because they've got this re- let's face it right so over the last five six seven eight nine ten years they keep revising what's a catch and what's not a catch rule 
ever since Bert Emanuel catch for the for the Falcons many many years ago that touched the ground. And so they've now got this thing thing in there about there has to be two steps and a football move. In my view, Barnes hit him right after the second step to an incomplete pass. Now in a decade ago, it would have been a fumble and should be a fumble. But the rules are two steps plus a football move. And that football move can be a third step. It can be going to the ground and remaining in possession, that type of thing. And I, I, although it was close, but I, I didn't think it was a fumble. It was about as close as that rule fucking gets. <laughs> yeah, don't watch that either, Dale. Believe me, I on will never watch of, any of On the list of things to know. Yeah, I just won't. I can't. It's too painful. We've talked about this before, and I will say it again. It bothers me when the Packers lose. And when they lose like this, uh, Larravee said it last night. He said there's a finality to playoff games. When the season ends, all those other things are done. You know, all those great memories that we had for the year and all the great things that happened are over. If you don't end up in the Super Bowl and win that Super Bowl, it diminishes all the great things that happen. And it shouldn't, right? That's my whole point. Is it it shouldn't. This was a great season and they did way more than I expected, especially in the middle of the season when I thought they were going to take a bunch of losses. Like they played that Arizona game will stick out as a big moment for whatever reason. That was a game I was sure they were going to lose. They had so many guys injured, and that seemed like a signature win so to speak so all of those things they shouldn't diminish what great things happen this season and i think that even more so in this day and age of free agency i think the finality is even greater because you know that it's not like years ago when three or four players changed from from year to year or maybe five or six now you know that there could be 20 players different next season so this this whole team will never be together again and i think this year going into next year there is absolute possibility not saying it will happen. There's absolute possibility that 20 of those guys that played yesterday won't be with the team next year. Should we wrap it up? One more thing. Uh, I thought the observation was the offensive line. Oh, thank you. That yeah. was weird. So they had Billy Turner out at left tackle. Then it went Runyon, Myers. Then it went Patrick. And Ke- I think it was Kelly on the yeah. right on the yeah. right tackle. Yeah. That seemed like when I first saw that Bakhtiari was out, I was like, why? There's got to be either something else going on with the injury. But if it was like as a precaution, you know, with Billy Turner coming back, he's the right side. He plays the right side. Why was he out on the fucking left side? That whole lineup was confusing to me. And what was even more confusing, why was he out? Could that have been a difference? I don't know. He fucking Rogers got sacked five times, most all year. Yeah, I think I think well, and it can, we can only assume that Bakhtiari's injury or a reaction to the injury, having played the number of plays he played in Detroit last week, which wasn't that many, but you know was an, was enough. Clearly, there was some reaction. I suspect from that. I think the thing that shocked me, like you, Todd, was was that Josh Nyman didn't start at left tackle. Yeah, where he's been starting all se- all season yep. long, or for, or for half a season since yep. Elton Jenkins has been out. That didn't seem to make any sense. And, you know, and Billy Turner's played superbly at right tackle. His worst game probably for the Packers was when he played at left tackle in the NFC Championship. Yeah, last year. Last, last exactly. Year. Right. Exactly. So it just didn't make, to me, as a casual observer, it just didn't seem to make any sense at all. Aikman brought it up that Yash Nyman wasn't out there, and I was like, yeah, why the fuck isn't he on the left side? 
and Turner out on the right side. And then you got running on the left guard. I don't know. Patrick got his ass kicked in this game. I mean, he got his fucking ass kicked. He missed assignments. He was getting blown the fuck up. I don't know what, what was going on with him. But that, that unit and those specific guys in those specific spots, I don't think have operated that. We haven't had that lineup ever. And it, it just looked fucking off. Well, Kelly wasn't even on the roster last year, so this would have been the only time that that happened the entire year. Going off of that, how the fuck can the three of us see that and the coaching staff doesn't realize that this is not working? Let's change this right now. Let's put Billy Turner in the spot that he's used to, put Yash Nyman in the spot that he's used to, and see what's happening. Like you said, he has sacked five fucking times. It's not like it was working. This game is going to end your season. This is the time where you go, oh, shit, we need to figure something out. We need to figure it out right now because we're going to lose this football game if we don't figure it out because my defense is playing well. They're holding them out of the end zone. We need to score points. We need to figure it out right now. I don't know how you, the special teams coordinator, PR guy, HR guy, can figure that out, and our coaching staff can. And maybe this is one for a, our end-of-season episode, that there's a question mark over the ability to adjust generally in-game. Now look at the Kansas City game when they were blitzing Jordan Love all day. No apparent adjustments. This game where, where like you said, the offensive line struggled and plenty of better observers than I there were some tweets today from from TJ Lang about the Packers offensive line you know how, how they struggled yesterday so so people that are really in the know know about this stuff were saying the same thing and there seems to be a huge question mark over the ability to adjust in game I need a drink <laughs> I know it's, it's the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday I don't give a shit five o'clock somewhere yeah yeah and it's nine o'clock unbelievable in England all right, friends. I think that's it. I did feel better, though, Todd, because of that rant that you had. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. There is no question. Well, I should say there's no question because after the last NFC Championship game, the swear jar was very heavy. I don't know how many quarters are in this jar, but I don't have any more. I have at least $10 in quarters on my table when we do this. I don't have any more at all. So, yeah. Habitat, you're welcome. Our frustration is your gain. So thanks for listening to episode 73. Do we even say who this was about, Peter? We just jump right into it. The Aaron Taylor episode. And we're leaving it at that. Yeah. Go fucking pack go. Go pack go. Go pack go. Go pack go.